Fuck the police. First and foremost, welcome to David Ashley Podcast. Um, I don't remember which episode. So, <clears throat> here we are again. Um, George Floyd. Um. 46, um, actually, um, St. Louis Park, a neighborhood in Minneapolis. Uh, I have a, a cousin who stays out there. She was actually on the show a couple weeks ago. She was, uh, well, cousin Sequoia, um, and her children's father, uh, knew him and they were pretty hurt, broke up about it. Um, um, I wanted to have her on the show, but I didn't want to, you know, still, it's still kind of raw, so I didn't want to exploit that right now. Uh, I mean, listen, man. It is, it is, I don't want to say it is what it is, because that's a little too passive. And I just want you to understand, you know, when I say fuck the police, um, I say that knowing that there are, you know, a dozen or maybe more. Um, but just as far as people that I know growing up, um, you know, people that I loved and admired, they were my co- the cops. There were cops that were my coaches. There were cops that was my that were my, you know, uh, you know. In some case, just people who, from a vantage point, their presence helped me stay out of trouble. Right? Um, cops who looked out for their, you know, men that I admire. Um, but the problem is, it's, you know. If if you ask Darren Wilson, um, the cop who murdered Michael Brown, 
or, or any other one of these cops, if you ask their family members to describe them, they would say, oh, that's a he's a great person. <laughs> he's a great person, you know. He's he's a great uncle, father, cousin, dad. He's a great person. And I think what, you know, so, so when you put that in perspective, what it does is it, it lets you understand that I, um, the duality of, of man, right? Or, or at least, you know, with police in that situation. Uh, police are, you could be a good man outside of that uniform, you know, but you have to understand that you put on a uniform for an often evil empire, okay? When you look at, when you look at the police in this country, okay? The police in this country, and don't believe me, go look it up, started on a plantation. Okay, like the structure of police right now, that's that's where that's that's where they started. So it started with white supremacy. And contrary to popular belief, it hasn't strayed too far away. Um Yeah. Um Officer equals overseer, right? Overseer equals officer. So, you know, I'm sure the families, not I'm sure, that the families of the people that I, of the families of the people that I'm talking about that are related to these cops, they often feel like they catch strays, but this has nothing to do with you. If you think it does and you want to get in the line of fire, then fine. But otherwise, you know, just duck. All right. And they know. A good, good deal of them know it's hard, but it's hard to hear something like that over and over again and then feel like, you know, we're not talking, you know, you're, you're talking about my family. You're talking about my my brother, my sister, my father, my cousin, you know. The truth, the truth is. You know, the numbers are so uh, uh, of people in jail, they're so lopsided number of interactions that go awry, the number of those that, you know, because because black people have a different relationship with police than white people do. Just trigger-happy polices. <laughs> you know, it's just the truth. So here we are again. We're, you know, we just, we're just, what, two weeks from the whole um, Ahmaud Arbery situation where, you know, even though that thing, you know, he, he was murdered back in February. <laughs> I mean, this, this, this is what white supremacy does. This is how comfortable, comfortable they are and what, they're, what they can and what they're allowed to do to you. The person who, the lawyer who dropped the tape, right, who leaked the tape, of Ahmaud Arbery being murdered, stalked and then murdered, 
the lawyer who released the tape done so because he thought it would exonerate his friends. <laughs> that video that we were so just so mortified by like so just that video that we all thought it was a scary movie and I said it before it was like yo it was we were we were all watching a horror show a horror flick but we were watching two different monsters how can that be How can that be? Right? So then, here we are. Now, George Floyd, so they say that he was, it was suspected that he had tried to pass a, a bad check, right? So they, they said something about fraud, and he was at a grocery store. And somehow he had made him out to his car. And I don't know, you know, what the situation was then, but he made it out to his car. Um, and the police were called, obviously. And, you know, police don't police don't know how to respond to anything. Um, a lot of them don't know how to respond to anything with with, you know, a, a basic humanity. Anyway, he ended up dead, right? So let's let's talk about the video, right? We see the video. I, I caught it yesterday, um, and it's it's just man, the way the way the cop was it Derek Chauvin? What's his name? The way the cop looked down with his hand in his pocket at what he was doing some of the most menacing shit I've ever seen. Like, his hand is in his pocket. His left knee is in this man's head, neck. Listen, as he screams for his life, literally, I can't breathe. My stomach hurts. The bystanders are, are saying, that, yo, his nose is bleeding. And, and the cop doesn't even wave anybody off. And there was another cop, an Asian cop, you know, and listen, I don't uh, why I don't understand the Asian cop. I just found out a dude that was like uh he was like was he the valedictorian, salutatorian at our school my senior year? I mean like a uh he, he's a cop now. I couldn't I couldn't I think his name was John Lee. I like I couldn't like out of all the people out of all the people who would have been a cop, he is the last, literally, he is the very last person I ever thought would have been a cop. The, the last person. I just, like, I just don't understand the Asian man or woman who wants to become a cop in this country. What's in it for you? Like, what's in it for you? The white dude, I know what's in it for him. Right? Because... Because under, underneath, like this country is really like, uh, and this whole MAGA movement, Make America Great Again, is, is, it's, it's undergirded with a, with a certain sense of 
there's a, yeah, there's racism, but there's a certain sense of, I, my ancestors were the architects of this country being built. Like, so the entitlement that comes along with that, right, is what you see when everybody, all the white people online respond to something like this, right? Because you, what you see them saying is, oh, well, all he had to do was, and, you know, I saw one person like on a thread that I was on say, I don't understand how this is hard. If you break the law, if you don't break the law, you don't die. I don't understand why people keep resisting. And I'm just like, yo. And listen, I called the person a filthy piece of shit. Because <laughs> you have to be to, to say something like that. Right. And the truth is, you could just be disconnected. But I have I don't have any time to. You know, to tell the difference between the person, the asshole and the person who just doesn't understand what it's like to be black in this country at this point in time. I just don't understand what's in it for the Asian cop. I understand it with white people and it doesn't mean that all white people are racist, but this whole, you know, I want to protect and serve. I want to fight crime. But it's like, yo, that's a farce, yo. You fight crime by helping these kids and giving these kids something to, you know, all the budget you get cops. How about let's do it. Let's give a fourth of that to, you know, to opportunities, you know, for early education, right? Because kids, kids figure out their, you know, whether they're going to be a, a, a productive member of society by the time they're um, fourth grade or, or nine years old, right? So you, that's how you fight crime. If you really want to fight crime, that's how you fight crime. But there's always another side on this talking about, hey, we have to be tough on, we have to be tough on crime. As if the years that I might have to do has any factor, like has any factor or, or, or really can, you know, you know, when they say, oh, let's be tough on crime, right? It's about them giving more years to certain things. But it's just like, yo, you know the lowest income communities are going to do those certain things, right? On the lower side of the uh, socioeconomic pole, at the bottom of that totem pole is black, brown, and poor white. So instead of fixing that, you like you make, you know, you make jails readily available. You make more jails. That's what that's what a lot of stuff that was in the 94 crime bill, right? You know, that was partially written up by Biden, right? And uh and put in effect by, you know, saying Bill Clinton who signed it. Uh, and and many black caucus members and not I mean some regular people that we rock with today, you know, was a part of the Congressional Black Caucus. And you know, they were for it. And the truth is, it was a lot of good shit in there. But the crazy shit was, you know, was was what really, you know, fucked us up. The mandatory sentences for crack and all that crazy shit, which, you know, Obama and uh, Biden helped to reverse that shit. But it, it's it's. You know, I just don't understand the Asian cop. So the Asian cop. Is sitting out there watching, and, and and you can see him turn around. Uh, and I'm not calling him a, a a coward because he's Asian. I'm just calling him a coward, cop, because uh, he turned around. He saw what was happening, and he was more focused on getting in the way of the video camera. 
He was more focused on keeping those people away than he was this man that was on the ground begging for his life, telling you that he can't. All it took was one nudge, right? But then on the flip side, you know, people say, yo, don't videotape me, help me, right? So while, yeah, I'm glad we got it on tape, on, on camera, on video, but let's say we did it, get it on video. And one of those people, you know, had kind of like tackled the cop. Now, I'm not saying they, I, well, I, somebody should have. Now, understanding when I say this, I'm saying because all it took was one person to act and George Lynn would still be alive. George Lloyd, I'm sorry. George Floyd would still be alive. Right? Because then that cop has to read. Now, the cop may have put his knee right back on it, but I'm saying like, and, th and then the crazy part is when you look, somebody showed a picture from the other side and there were three other cops on him. So he really wasn't going anywhere. But yet the cop looked down at him as he begged for help with his hand in his pocket, casually. Right. So what would we so would we value? Would we rather value the video? And listen, I'm, I'm fully aware of what I just said, that right. If one person at least goes to push the cop off, right, like a human being. That that cop has to now shift himself. Right. It, essentially, I'm asking, would you rather the man with George Floyd be alive or for us to have the video of George Floyd dying right in front of us. Right, because they say right, because they can say that they can say that other shit all they want to about oh no, he died later. When they tried to put him on that goddamn gurney, his body was lifeless. His body was lifeless. And you could tell the difference when you're on somebody and they stop wrestling. You could tell that you could tell the difference when somebody's bodies go limp. And yet this motherfucker kept his knee on his neck. Right? Anyway. Um Van Lathan. He 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 had a tweet that said there's a, a different tone, a different feeling amongst sisters amongst sisters and brothers that I'm talking to right now. It's like something is broken. This is a lot of death, even for us. Something feel like it's going to break. It's inescapable, and I feel it too. I can't properly articulate it, but something's different. All right? Um, and, and listen... <clears throat> I, you know, I can't I can't say I disagree because ultimately this is what's going to happen. It's already happening. They're tearing they're tearing Minneapolis up right now. Um, um, and, and this part made me particularly proud. There are protesters outside of his home, this cop's home, the cop who had his knee on his on his neck. There are protesters outside his home 
who won't let the food get delivered to him. And when I tell you it warmed my heart, because what it does is it gets us closer to be, like what's going to happen is people are going to be they're going to be fed up. We're already fed up, but the levees are going to break in a sense if there's not some kind of, you know, and listen, what's my man? The mayor, Mayor Jacob Frey, he's a young white dude with it. He announced immediately, yo, four of those officers were fired right after the same day. When do we get the same day fire? Right. Um, and while I applaud that um, and while, you know, he made another video about a couple hours ago, about three hours ago, maybe saying that um, from what he saw, he's calling for those officers to be charged. Right. And and quite honestly, I don't, you know, you know, <laughs> quite honestly, I don't I don't care about them being fired. As, as, right. If nothing happens, I care about them not going back to the police force. But that's that's part for the course. Right. That's part for the course. I think that's what they do. The officer that 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 murdered Tamir Rice was unfit. And with his second police station, after it was known that he was unfit mentally, right? That cop is on his second job after Tamir Rice. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Tamir Rice, you know, for those who, you know, can remember, uh, who don't remember, was, was murdered in Cleveland, Ohio. He was 12 years old. He was in like the, at the gazebo of a, a local park right outside where he lived. Um, and someone called the police and said it was a, a black man pointing, gun, pointing a gun at people, right? It, it, first of all, that person should have to go to jail. Because the truth is, Tamir Rice was in a park by himself with a BB gun, right? For those of you who still don't think that's, you know, anything, Ohio's an open carry state, Right? And when you add the fact that it's an open carry state to the fact that Tamir Rice was by himself in a, in a park and, and that he was 12 years old, right? And that this cop was, you know, evaluated and it was proven that he shouldn't have been on the force. Well, you know. He's got another job. Who do you think? Like you, you like you can't you can't tell me white supremacy doesn't exist, or that it doesn't extend itself closer to the average white person than they think, <laughs> right? Because that's why we still got it. Because white people like they have a different relationship with the police than we do. We see the rules being broken. Anyway. What, 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 what this is going, what's going to happen is that the levees are going to burst. Period. People are going to get sick of it and somebody's going to snap and a lot of people are going to get hurt. A lot of people that you all respect and admire are going to get, get, are going to get hurt. And somebody's going to go, go off They're going to go off on these trigger-happy police. It's just going to happen. Because there's no way you can, you can, there's no way you can keep showing people 
It's no way you can keep telling us these are the rules and then show these cops breaking these same rules on camera over and over again. There's no way you can do that without a swell. Right. And, it, and the truth is, we're just seeing it more. Right. Because there's video cameras. But when the motherfucker look right into the camera, who knows the camera is there? And he still looks down at this man whose nose is bleeding, who's pleading for air. Who tells you I can't breathe, my stomach hurts. <laughs> and you don't do anything, but you just look down at him. Casually with your hand in your pocket, fam. And you watch him die even after his body goes lifeless. Even after his body goes lifeless. You still don't take your foot off this man's neck. Your knee, I'm sorry. Man, if that ain't the perfect. I'm telling you, people are not going to be able to take this much longer. And the shit's going to get ugly. The riot is the voice of the unheard. Is that what Martin Luther King said? It's the voice of the unheard. Not the voice of the pacified. No, it's like you can't, if you don't hear these people, they're going to tear shit up eventually. See, this is why there are protections in the police union and their contracts with not releasing the name of these cops, right? Because their goal is to, I, th I forgot how they worded it, to uh, look up D. Ray Mickelson or D. Ray McKissick, Mickelson, um, which I haven't seen around lately on the, on the Ahmaud Arbery front or anything like that. I haven't, I haven't seen him or the, or the Brianna Jefferson. And, uh, and we need to talk about that. Cops ran up in a house, shattered 13 times. On some bullshit warrant that wasn't even supposed to be, and it was, and it was in the wrong apartment. Come on, man. She was the she was the uh, EMT. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. Anyway, there there are certain there are certain protections. Uh, D. Ray had a, a video where there were, he talks about the, the protections that are written in the police contracts about not embarrassing them and not, you know, and, and even, or trying to make sure you place the blame everywhere else and then blaming them as like a last resort. They're protected. And it's a certain protection that goes far beyond, you know, you know, what their moniker represents right to protect and serve but it's like to protect and serve who I'm telling you um there was something that um denzel is on on video um saying and i assume it's a quote from malcolm x although i can't find it um this malcolm x uh quote um but google it but but it's not like it's untrue Right. He said, is the sheep preaching hate when he says, I'm not going to let the wolf eat me anymore? Right. Is the sheep violent or is the wolf the violent one? Because 
if somebody's knocking you over the head, you do whatever you got to do to stop them, right? And the violent ones are the ones that's afraid of being hit back. So in turn, they say, you're teaching hate. And I assume that was in response to someone asking, was Malcolm X teaching hate? Right? But again, when, when equality looks like oppression to the oppressor, right? In other words, white people are used to, right? The perfect example is Barack Obama being the president, right? There was a, a friend of mine um, at the time I was cool with, and she was in seminary school, seminary school. And one of her roommates was white, and, and this was right about the time Barack was about to get elected. And her white roommate comes in the, in, in the uh, apartment and she's just, she tries to sit there with him and then she's annoyed and she walks away. And my, my homegirl was like, huh, that's weird. So the next morning, the white girl comes out. She's like, listen, I'm sorry about last night. She was like, yeah, what's wrong with you? She was like, listen, if I might be honest with you, I don't feel comfortable about a black man running the country. Right? This is what she told <laughs> this is what she told it. White girl from Utah. All right. There's another example of when, you know, when Barack Obama was running and uh, a white uh, white man called in this radio show and said that. Um, he said uh, his six year old daughter asked him like Daddy, if Barack Obama becomes president, is he going to make all the white people slaves? Right. So when you think about that, when you think about what that implies, right, when you think of all the hate Obama got, it's it's that white people don't know how to not be in complete and total dominance because they've been that way for so long. That when there's something else, like when there's when somebody is, you know, when they let their foot off our necks enough or we gain a little bit of traction, to them it looks like they're losing everything because they've owned everything. So when a black man wants to stand up for himself, right? Listen, we didn't, the country didn't love Muhammad Ali fully until he couldn't talk anymore. <laughs> when he stopped talking shit, that's when they loved him. And they recognized him. Martin Luther King had a, a poor approval rating. Right? At the time, even black people used to call him a troublemaker. Do you understand me? We've been down for so long that you ain't supposed to get up. You ain't supposed to fight for yourself. You're not supposed to. Uh, Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill. So there was a story where um, this white lady, um, Amy Cooper, was in uh, Central Park in New York, in Manhattan. Ain't that where Central Park is in Manhattan? And they were in a place where they were bird watching. And your dogs are supposed to be leashed. So a black man, uh, Christian Cooper, called her on it. Right. And he was like, I uh, he was like, miss, this is a place where we got to have our dogs leashed. 
So as the video starts, it started a little after that. So he's recording her and she tries to run up on him and says, hey, I'm, I'm sure everybody's seen, but if you haven't, she gets belligerent and she picks up the phone and, before, and she says, I'm going to call and tell the police that an African-American man is assaulting me. And she picks up the phone and her reflection with the fact that she's saying an African-American man is following me. I'm being, I'm, or attacked or some words she used. But that ain't just a regular Becky. White women, she was, she was weaponizing her whiteness, right? Because she knew, she knows the weight that her place in the world holds. She knows what place she holds in, in, in this America. She knows that white women are protected like a, like a goddamn Fort Knox. And a white woman crying is cause for a nigga to get shot. She weaponized it. Like, you got to understand that. She weaponized her whiteness. She emphasizes. Now, let, let me tell you how it goes a level colder than that. She knows that she's being videotaped. <laughs> she knows it. But she says, I don't give a damn. I don't care that this is still going to come back on me and that yeah, I'm that eventually, right, they're going to see that I'm going to go viral and they're going to see that I'm lying about what I'm talking about. I just want this done to you right now. And if by the time these police get here and do to you what I want them to do to you, because you who are you to tell me what to do, nigger? Now, she didn't say all of that. I'm just saying these are what her actions implied. That I'm going to call the police. They're going to get here and they're going to do something to you because I could just apologize later. But like my homeboy, Damien, was saying, like, how is that not a how is that not a false report? How can she not go to jail for that? Because whiteness, the same whiteness that she knew would protect her. Anyway. Jamel Hill said, she, she, you know, said in a tweet, um, she says, reminder, what happened to George Floyd is what Amy Cooper hoped would happen to Christian Cooper. All right. She hoped she was calling the police, hoping that he would be subdued and choked. Come on, make me want to hop. Eventually. This levy is going to break. Trigger happy polices. Um, I wrote a couple things on Facebook. And I said, the next time, the next time you try to talk to me about good cops, what were the cops standing around George Floyd doing? Right. So in other words, the next time you try to tell me about good cops, tell me what they were doing. Point to them. Right. And I'd love to know from a supporter who. Who's the bad cops there? Are, are the bad cops just the one with his knee on his neck or the ones behind the truck that we couldn't see? Or the one standing up, the Asian cop who which who were the. Who were the uh, who were the bad cops there? 
Is it all of them? It's got to be all of them. To us, it's all of them. Telling you, you could be a good man, but you put on a uniform for an often evil empire. So I also said that good cops everywhere should be on TV crying foul. That's how you gain credibility. That's how you get people on your side. That coupled with like good community policing, that's how you get that's how you that's how you get your credibility back. That's how you get an honest name of officer friendly back. You see what I'm saying? But but they too busy trying to catch people, you know. Listen, I don't I don't believe in any police stop where somebody isn't wanted for murder or some kind of crime where they've harmed someone. Other than that, right? Or if I'm driving recklessly, right? Or if I just blow through a red light, like that kind of shit. But anything other than that is harassment to me. That's anything other than that is terrorism to me. Because what are you doing? That's not protecting, sir. That's the moniker that they that they uphold, but that, that, that's not what they do. It's wild, man. It's wild. It's a different tone going on, y'all. There are a couple of videos that I want you to look at. Two projects I was proud to be a part of. Uh, one is Silence's Betrayal. Go look that up. I'll put a put a link or something to it in the uh, in the bio or something like that of uh, Instagram or Facebook. And the other one is um, "If I Should Die at the Hands of Police" by Damian D. Smith. And I'll put a link for that one too. Um, just two powerful pieces with a bunch of artists. You know, just kind of voicing their opinions in a very unique way. Um, And they were done a few years ago. And obviously they're still relevant. They're retroactively relevant and they're, you know, futuristically relevant, right? fuck is Marvin talking about trigger happy polices back in the 70s right we 40 years later (laughs) we 40 years later man so listen good people um we you know it's gonna it's gonna come a time where we we have to share to get off the pot right we have to we have to start speaking the king's language. Uh, Dick Gregory, as I said before, he said, listen, this is the way you're going to have to really, the only way you're going to really fight the police and make it effective is, is if, you know, that money, when, when they commit murder and they, you know, they do something that they know they're going to do, they, they have some money that's like, that usually comes from a city Plan. Like, you know, it usually comes from the city. 
a fund in the city or something like that that they have, you know, in reserve to to pay off people like this. They said, what we really need to do in order to uh, create some movement, some traction for police and to really give them incentive to not murder us um, is to start fucking with their pension money. So Dick Gregory said, he said, you got to make sure, he said, because the cop lived for his pension, send his kids to school, buy another house, go on vacation, you know, and he put in his 20 years, 25 years, and he's out of there, right? But start fucking with their money. Start making that money, that reward money, start coming from their pension funds, and then we're going to start seeing some change, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, all we doing is we getting mad for a few weeks, we getting our blood pressure up for a few weeks, right? And then, then we over, and then it's over. On to the next issue. Right? That's, that's really all we're doing. Until we learn how to do that and fight in a real way. And I'm not saying that protests or anything don't. Like, listen, the protests, they bring attention to it, right? That's what Dr. King used to do. He used to make sure there was going to be cameras around because otherwise it would get no traction. There would be no pressure put on the situation if cameras weren't there. Um, but he also had the actionable items of, you know, of actually boycotting or actually trying to create, you know, they were about affecting change. So we have to be about that kind of business, you know, um, period. And we have to figure out how to fight them, uh, on a level in which they have to respect. Because if we don't, you know, and listen, that dam is still, that, that levee is still shaking, right? It's weak as shit right now, and, 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 and it's about to break, you know. And, and this is the thing. I don't even think a guilty verdict, you know, as far as the Ahmaud Arbery case or the George Floyd case, I don't even think a, a guilty verdict will... You know, that's just bare minimum, <laughs> right? I'm not going to celebrate those people. I hope everything bad that can happen to a person happens to those people. I honestly do. And that goes for the cop with his knee on his neck and the cops behind him who, who, who wouldn't let him and the cop out there watching. I honestly do. Like, I, you know, I hope everything that can happen bad happens to them in one night, right? But the truth is, Sending them to jail is just the bare minimum, right? That's only the shit y'all ask us to do, which is to obey the law. But I don't, I still don't think that's going to slow the momentum of, right? I, I don't think that's going to slow uh, or taper the anger coming from people should this thing happen again in two or three weeks. There are already another video with a, 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 a cop Hitting a black woman in the head. You know? And for you people who say, hey, I want to wait back and see all the facts. About a tape like this? Man, fuck you. Honestly. You want to be one of them assholes? One of them dumbass, fake intellectual ass? I ain't spent no energy on those those niggas but you know some niggas just want to be white so goddamn bad it ain't even funny 
whole ass. Anyway, excuse my language. Um, your silence is betrayal. If I should die at the hands of the police, um, check both of those. Um, silence is betrayal. Uh, of course, is a famous Martin Luther King quote, but that video done by Kalila Joy, and then If I Should Die at the Hands of the Police by Damian D. Smith. Uh, check both of those on Instagram. Um, yeah, man, don't tell me about good cops when those cops sat, sat I'm talking about sat by and watched this man die. <laughs> don't tell me about good cops anymore. You could be a good man but still put on a uniform for an evil empire. You can be a good man, but still put on a uniform for an often evil empire. Because the motherfuckers ain't been us no good since the plantation, point blank. You know, at all. Just check the words of the thing. He said, fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad because I'm brown. <laughs> if Ice Cube ain't a goddamn poet and a prophet, I don't know what he is. Thirty-two years ago. So good people, um, you know, after I just said all this shit, I'm turn around and tell you to guard your heart, huh? <laughs> turn around and tell you to, to watch your blood pressure and watch the videos that you see and the things that you hear. Honestly, man, um, protect your protect yourself from trigger happy polices, first and foremost. But protect yourself from uh, protect your mental health. Uh, we got Corona to worry about. I hope you all still out there being safe. And if you're ready to go back outside, at least base it on something, right? Base your going back to regular life on the fact that you see the CDC numbers are going down or, or, or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Base it on that. Don't just base it on, oh, they let us back out, nigga. We out here. Please don't do that. That's, that's dumb, right? Unless you don't believe in this thing at all, in which, do your thing, all right? And one more note, one more note. To you niggas, out there talking about holding your vote hostage from Biden, and please understand, I'm not big up and by, by Joe Biden when I say this. As much as I'm saying, uh, niggas, they all got us by the short hairs right now. And would you prefer Trump? See, this is what, see, the people don't vote intelligently, okay? People vote emotionally. Do you understand that? Nobody voted for Trump because they intellectually, you know, you know they thought intellectually he was a better candidate. Yo, I'm, I, listen, I, and this is, I feel this way anyway, but on top of this, I, I watched this goddamn Hillary documentary on Hulu, and I'll say, I'll say this, 
she's still white and meaning that white people care about a certain amount of things that's not in the black benefit. But I think it was a tragedy that Hillary Clinton didn't get, that wasn't the president, never got a chance to be the president. And this even solidifies my my thought on, on the fact that, you know, sexism, along with racism, you know, they kind of worked hand in hand against her, right? Because people were so scared about Obama being a president. People were so scared about that and so affected by it and mad at the fact that it existed. They thought, oh, we're, we're losing our, you know, you will not replace us, face asses. That hey, you're going to turn around. First, you're going to give us a nigger. You're going to turn around and give us a broad. That's why it was so easy for people to say, oh, crooked Hillary. Yo, just watch the documentary, right? I think it's a tragedy that she wasn't able to be president. But that's, you know, but what I'm saying is this even further pushes my point about voting intellectually. It pushes that point even further because it's like you really think somebody set up and used their intellect to vote Donald Trump in to to choose Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton come on or to, or to choose Donald Trump over any of the other republican candidates come on come on so so why the reason I bring that up is because if, we, if you already know, if you really analyze it, you know people vote emotionally. Why tempt the fate of people not voting at all or not voting for Biden? Like, like Mark Lamont Hill, right? He voted for Jill Stein last election. And people say, oh, I got some pushback or people, you know, a couple people were like, oh, well, you know, one, 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 one opinion is that, well, I'm in a blue state, so it doesn't matter. California is going to win. They're not going to vote, right? Because electoral college, right? If, if I go and vote, all I'm doing is voting towards the pile that's already going to go for the Democratic, right, ticket as a presidential nominee, a presidential nominee. So in turn, it's like, even if you didn't vote in California, most likely it's going to it's a blue, you know, it's going to go blue to Democrats. And they're going to, and those delegates, right, are going to go towards the 269 or 273 that you need to win the presidential uh, election. But what about those people in the swing states? And like Michigan, Florida, Pennsylvania, Ohio. What about those people who hear your shit talking about Joe Biden? Your shit talking about holding back a vote? And we already vote emotional. What's going to keep those people from not voting for somebody else other than Biden? Or not voting at all? We got to stop pushing this, especially now. Like, we got to stop pushing this, you know, lesser of two evil scenario. We got to stop doing it right now. And yes, voting locally is, is way more important. Voting in the fucking... The, uh, voting locally and voting in the um, the midterms, oh my God, it's so important. That's what we really need to keep the neck on, you know, our foot on the neck of the people 
But stop talking this shit about oh, right? Okay, so one 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 blowback was like, oh, I'm in a blue state, right? So it don't matter. We should really hold them accountable. But that doesn't hold them accountable for nothing. For what? We already in a blue state. Who are you gonna hold accountable? Some Bernie Sanders people. I just listen. Bernie Sanders was was cool, but at the end of the day, he wasn't gonna win. And the other blowback is just like, oh well, you know, this is how they take advantage of us. So you might as well, you know, hold them accountable. I'm like, against who though? Like, against, like who are we gonna hold? Like they got us by the short hairs, G. It's only Donald Trump and motherfucking Joe Biden. And if you think they're the same, then again, there goes that intellect. There goes that intellect again. And it's not working in your favor, if that's what you think. Period. Not in this election. Not when Donald Trump is talk, even though he can't do it. But even though, you know, not with him talking about, you know, putting a cap on the amount that you can, like putting a, a, a not a curfew, but like shutting, censoring, uh, uh, you know, I guess Twitter is a situation where Twitter had, somebody on Twitter corrected him. And now he's talking about, you know. Shutting Twitter down. <laughs> it's like, like, really? And if, listen, and if the, the your views are too fluffy or too, or not based enough in, in reality or in, in base, or, and are based too much in, you know, this easy, um, this just thick cloud of, you know, you know, possibilities and races. Like it's, it like it's easy. What I'm saying, like it's 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 real easy to be like, oh, all white people this, all white people that, right? You know, and, and, you know that's why when people talk about Obama, I'm just like, well, what president did do what you wanted them to do? How about let's start with that. <laughs> Right. And if your answer is none, then shut the fuck up about Obama. If you don't really know what presidents do or can affect. Right. So it's easy to get into that talk of because, listen, just like I told him, people, I said, listen, if you don't believe that presidents have any because this is what I believe. I believe that there's a certain amount that the president can do. And I believe a certain amount was preordained. I just do. I think when. A president is elected. Uh, that president gets a call. They take him to a back room and they say, this is how it's going to be. These are the things that you can't do. These are the things that you bet not do. These are the things that you're going to do. And this other stuff, do do what you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, at the end of the day, if you believe that, then it's fine. Then I'm not talking to you. If you, I'm saying if you believe that that is 100% of the presidency and that a president has no effect on the mood, then do that. I don't, I don't care. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what you think. I can't argue against it. But if you think that the president has any, I'm, just, I'm talking about the smallest bit of influence on, on, on people, 
right? And which, listen, you can't tell me that Donald Trump doesn't have an influence on these racists out here slaying but slaughtering black people. You can't tell me that he hasn't emboldened racists in a real way. Then in that case, you can't, you know, if you do believe that a president has any influence on how things go, any effect on the way things go, then you can't be serious about him and Biden being the same. And a vote against John Biden, I'm sorry, Joe Biden, <laughs> a, a vote against Joe Biden is a vote for Donald Trump. Or how about this? Any vote that is not for Joe Biden is a vote for Trump. Period, point blank. We can't, we can't, and shame on you if you voted for Donald Trump. Fucking shame on you. If you're white, I get it. That just you just that's just par for the course. But if you're black, if you anything other than white, shame on you. Trigger happy police. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I'm gonna leave it there. Listen, um, yeah, I think I'm gonna leave it there. I may get off on tangents. Hopefully, you follow me. Hopefully, you still rock with me. Thank you. The views, um, the listens have been going up lately. So, I encourage you to share with your your family, your friends. You know, that's my challenge to you. Share the podcast. Share, share one of your favorite episodes uh, with someone. That's my challenge to each and every one of you listening right now. Share this episode or any other episode that you like with somebody else. And be like, yo, send them a link. Be like, yo, check this out. David Ashley podcast. I rocks with him. Like if you listen to me. If you listen to me, I'm at least worth that a little bit, right? Share it with one of your people. Everybody listening to this, share it with one of your people. Um, until then, man, I'm going to sign off the same thing I do every week. Um, if, you know, every moment, um, every day you have the opportunity to fall back into comfort or to move forward into growth. I love you. I appreciate you rocking with me. Um, pretty soon we're going to have, we're going to go into a different format. Um, but be safe out there. Wear a mask. This Rona thing is real. I got two friends, four friends that didn't had it. And uh, other countless family members who have passed away from it. So be safe. I love y'all.